0: Welcome to The Inner Curious. My name's Louise Weigel.
1: I'm a freelance fashion designer and creative careers coach. Hello there. My name is Karen Hollenbach. I'm an educator, writer and gardener. This is a podcast
0: for people who are curious about their inner life and want to embrace sacred time with themselves. We hope you enjoy listening into our candid conversations to help you grow and discover who you are from the
1: inside out. Welcome to The Inner Curious. My name is Karen Hollenbach, and in this episode, my co-host Louise Weigel and I discuss our reaction to an article by Lauren Cochrane in Guardian titled Grey Glamour at Cairn Film Festival as stars show their silver hair. Listen into this conversation as Louise and I explore how our own experiences with the discovery of our first grey hairs has informed our decisions about our own hair as we consider what it means to age gracefully. At the heart of this discussion are the concepts of conversations with self, True self, bravery, and how we respond to external messages from society. We hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I wanted to talk about grey hair. And on the face of it, it may look like something external, because it is. The conversation, yes. I'm, yeah, so the conversation I'm more interested in is what are the thought processes that go on? So what are, the in, what are the inner conversations that are happening around what I'm finding a really interesting topic and have found an interesting topic since I saw, came across my first grey hair in my late 20s? And really, I want to talk want to talk about it because my whole approach and the way I talked about a talk about to myself about this is quite irregular compared to other conversations I have with myself. <laughs> Such a good listener, that Karen. Um, <laughs> and. Yeah, and so on the face of it, yes, it's absolutely, and that's why I think you're a really interesting person to talk to about this too because of the sort of fashion element that is mentioned in this article. I got my first greys when I was 28 and the patch in the top left of my, really my part of my hair, I think I started plucking and someone said to me, don't pluck your grey hairs, you'll just get more, So that message instantly said to me, you don't want them, right? Yeah. Now I say that. And then I remember looking at my mum and wondering, so she had me when she was, I think, 31, maybe 32, maybe 33. And so I remember looking at my mum as I was in my late 20s thinking, okay, well, and she was a, I don't know, sort of a sandy blonde. So I think she had kind of uh tinted what did they call it then tinted highlights tinted Mm. hair um whatever they called it then so mine sort of got progressively that I sort of had this patch and then look it's probably in the last 10 years or so I've dyed my hair a particular color to make it look like my natural color and I've noticed increasingly that the regrowth has a more and more significant amount of greys to the point where I would say I am about 60 to 80% grey. And that's really tricky for a brunette because the regrowth is quite significant. And if I pull my, assuming that we don't want the regrowth, there's a lot of assumptions here. If I pull my hair up to the side, there's definitely some some chunks there that are sort of almost whitish. And I've got this theory, which I've shared with you before, that I'm almost greyest where I've been dyeing my hair. (laughs) And I tried to do this sort of transition, which is talked about in this article by one of the stylists. Uh, Not a stylist, it's a, I don't know who it is specifically. We'll talk about it. I tried to navigate out and I was um, getting sort of blonder tips through my hair. And it just really, really didn't suit me. And I got scared. Look, look Listen to this language. It's exactly what I'm talking about and why I want to have this conversation. You know, wasn't comfortable with the transition or the cost, the maintenance. And that's another topic mm. that they talk about here. Do you make the change for maintenance? And I made this sort of, feel, you know, I really looked around at 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, you know, who was dying their hair, who wasn't, how did it look. And I was trying to get into that kind of younger vortex of it's cool for them. Why can't it be cool for me? And it just wasn't. And I was just so relieved when I got my hair dyed again. But now we're in our umpteenth lockdown. I look at myself in the mirror and think, I am getting closer to, and this is my language again, that I don't like this about myself, but I acknowledge it. And that's why I want to talk about it. Uh, Take the risk, go down that path. I feel like it's a path that you're making some choices. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And the choices that you're making are quite significant in the context of, what it means to be a brunette, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be an ageing woman that I've probably rejected as concepts that I even cared about, but clearly how I'm feeling about it shows me I do care about them. So where are you in your your sort of journey with the changing colour of your hair?
0: I would say... So far my experience has been similar to yours in terms of the timing of when I started to go grey, maybe in my early 30s. And there was a patch uh, on my right. Whichever side the patch was on, yeah, it used to be on my right because that's the side I used to part my hair. And I flipped the side that I parted my <gasps> hair on. Clever. Because <laughs> I didn't want to see it. Um, mm. why not? because
2: the the perception
0: for myself uh, was, oh no, I can't go gray yet, I'm too young. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as if as if grey hair is, uh, yeah, it's, it's naturally associated with a certain age. And, yes, there are negative connotations around, around that. In saying that, yeah, I missed out on, the, on two appointments. I was meant to have the appointment, I think, 10 days the, before the first lockdown and then we were out for a week and I was booked in, and I was booked in for that Friday and I couldn't get in.
1: Mm.
0: So the (laughs) same thing,
1: same Friday.
0: Same same thing, and I've missed out, and I have two inches of grey regrowth, and I think I found it more confronting last year when we had the first long lockdown. I disliked it more because it was the first time I was seeing so much of it. But I, I hadn't thought about it in, in a calculating way of, well, what, what is everyone else doing? How, how does it look on that age or that age or that age, like you mentioned? Mm. I just take it at a personal level in terms of how how does this make me feel? And how does it actually make me look? And it makes me look washed out.
1: Oh, so, so you're looking at it from a colour perspective. That's so interesting.
0: I, I do. I look at it from a yeah, colour perspective yeah. and go, well, how is that framing my face? And the colour does really make me look washed out I'm used to having that darker frame brunette as well around my face and mine in certain areas is really quite white (laughs) so I love which I really like yeah
1: I like that about your regrowth um
0: and today or this week actually yeah just in the past couple of weeks I've started to put the spray on what's it called magic touch <laughs>
1: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by uh, it's not i'm joking that's such a and joke and
0: it's just the biggest hassle it's messy it you know it's it's annoying it dries your hair out so mm. it's not it's not good for it but, but i dying reached a good point oh hang on go go i've reached a point where i've i'm actually sick of looking at myself, looking so washed out and um, feeling pale. Mm. So I also have looked at plenty of people on Instagram uh, and, you know, with the hashtag, what is it? Grey hair don't care or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's
1: mentioned in this article.
0: Um, and it's as though i see it as something for someone else <laughs> but no yes. i don't fall into that category and i'm not ready because one i'm putting i am putting an age criteria on it yes for myself and I'm so not what is 50, that age tell me about 50 that age yet. Yeah, so I tell myself that would be
1: something I I can't
0: do. I can't do this. I'm not fifty yet, so I'm not doing it. And I,
2: yeah, the conversation I'm having internally is,
0: I think I will be perceived differently, and I am actually cautious of how it's perceived
1: more so in the workplace yes well this is what comes up in this article so there's two things I want to reference that you just talked about about the, so the, very similar conversations with myself are um I said I'm not going to be did you say I'm not going to be taken serious what did you say I'm going to be viewed perceived differently hmm. And I'm not that person, you know, that's not me. So this is the other weird, this is the other irregularity for me. When I see women, particularly with fabulous short hair that have clearly made the decision to go grey, I will stop them in the street and say, excuse me, I just want to tell you how much I love your hair. And I may have even said to a couple of them, I wish I was you. (laughs) More than twice, you know, like this is not just one conversation. And what's really interesting about each time I've done that is I've entered a very deep, long, interesting conversation with a total stranger about their thought process around why they made the decision to do it. When I was in Paris, remember you can travel, (laughs) remember that? (laughs) Uh, We went to the Sally Mann exhibition who's got beautiful photography and there was a video there and she's got beautiful long grey hair and it's really the first example I'd seen of of a normal natural because I don't really, I'm sort of the article that we'll talk about at some point, I don't, I like, that's what we'll talk about. I'll sort of talk about why I think it's symbolic and interesting and worth discussing in the context of this. Sally Mann represented to me an artist, a photographer. I adore her. I love her story. She's such an interesting character the way, uh, there's lots that's interesting about her. And I had my 16 year old next to me and he said, you should, I was probably 15, I was probably 14 at the time and said, you should have your hair like that. And he was looking at Sally Mann exactly the same way I was looking at Sally Mann saying there is a really good example of someone who's probably never dyed their hair. She's probably never even thought about it. She's too busy taking photos. It's just allowed her... And it just looks so naturally beautiful. And this is the conversation, you know, naturally beautiful versus this. It's interesting what they talk about in this article. And so I see it as this real bravery and this real... Which is why it's calculated... i used the word calculating, which I kind of went... oh. Am I calculating? An increasing part of me, I wish it was bigger, I would have made the decision, wants to be that brave woman that puts a line in the sand and says, I'm doing it. And it's this perception thing that you talk about too. And I, if I think logically about this, it can only serve my professional life well give me authority, you know, make me, you know, seem older, wiser. That is not a bad thing for what I do for a living. Mm. So there's still stuff going on that's not allowing me to be brave. And I landed on, because I probably did it around my mid, early 40s, I landed on the same thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to shelve this idea until I'm 50, which for me is only three years away.
0: Mm. For me it's two. Ooh. For me, what, yeah, as you raised earlier, working in fashion
2: definitely brings in another layer of, um,
0: I don't know figuring out how to navigate it so
1: what do we make of and, and I just have to say at the outset I have never ever had a conversation with another woman about what people wore at an event and so just the idea that we're about oh, to okay. you
0: know
1: what I mean like <laughs> oh, what did she wear the worst dress list the best yep. dress list okay. this one jumped out at me oh, because- so that's just how I how it goes when I know. you work
0: in the industry. And it's just how it goes. You are, I know, you I know about
1: that. And that's why I've sort of thought, do we talk about this? Do we not talk about this? But I happen to, I mean, I love Helen Mirren. And so this this article, so this Grey Glamour at Cannes Film Festival, a stars show their silver hair. So Helen Mirren, Jodie Foster, Andy McDowell, but in the relation to your comment. So I'll say what they say so at the start of the article. Um, The red carpet at Cannes Film Festival has long featured A-list stars in glamorous gowns and with perfect hair. This year, that hair might be grey. And so that's what what piqued my attention. Oh, it's it's trending. (laughs) And so they mention the silver-haired deputy editor of British Vogue Sarah Harris, and they feature a picture of her seen at Wimbledon uh, that week of the week of the article, which is in July. So what is happening? Because this article quotes that uh, there is now this, uh, there's a modeling agency that talks about there's now definitely greater demand. Uh, So Fleur Brady co-founded the Mrs. Robinson Modeling Agency dedicated to models beyond the usual teen and 20-something age bracket in 2013. She says when the demand for grey hair models had already been bubbling for a good decade but had not peaked. Uh, So year on year, the demand has grown for grey-haired models and is no longer unusual for mainstream brands to request models over 50 with grey hair. This is a UK trend, apparently.
0: Mm. Hmm. Okay, where do I start with this? So <laughs> I remember going to a uh, fashion lecture oh, maybe eight years ago now, and I distinctly remember them. It was given by um, a woman from the UK involved with WGSN, which is a trend forecasting, global trend forecasting business. And she spoke about the way, uh, how can I describe it? Age brackets are not as clearly defined. And you know the concept where you say, oh, 30 is the new 40 or 40 is the new 50. She said that is having further reach, you know, across all age groups. But in a way, parents with 20-something-year-old children are adopting some of the trends of their 20-year-old children, so therefore they have that younger mindset. So part of it, in my mind, is connecting in with that and that the trend is to be more authentic and... uh, and, and B, how can I describe it? I feel like I'm going off
1: track here. No, no, this is interesting because that um, instantly piqued my interest. Oh, it's trending to be yourself. <laughs> she laughs evilly. Yeah. When,
0: well, yeah, when you talk about trend, I think there's definitely the element of authenticity as well. Sorry, I'm I'm not quite sure where to take that other. No,
1: but that's what the, that that's I was fine, talking can, about.
0: Yeah. because it was over eight years ago. But I distinctly remember her talking about the blending of, you know, the age.
1: Yeah, but so okay, so this is where this is interesting, right? Because. Maybe when I was looking at the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, I was saying to myself, well, if a 20-year-old can dye her hair grey and look hot, listen to my language, (laughs) right? (laughs) Smoking, whatever you want to call it. That's so inappropriate. I'm completely comfortable with that. Why can't I? And who's stopping me? No one. And that's why this is a conversation about the conversations I'm having with myself, that why I find the grey hair journey so confronting is because it has made me realise I care more about the way I look and what that symbolises potentially than I would have ever thought I did. And you and I have had many conversations about why, you know, the first impressions and the way you look are important. And for people that don't know Louise and I, how we met was <laughs> <The irony. laughs> actually styled me for my professional photo shoot and did a stellar job. Thank you very much. And so at that point I was completely, it took me eight years, but I was completely embracing the fact that I needed to use professional photography in my business because social media analytics had shown that every time I put up a picture of myself, it engaged more than you know, an article that might have taken me hours to write. That's fine. People connect with humans. So I wanted to take better control over the professional, how professional the images were. And so you, so at sort of as a baseline for people listening, that is why I thought this, you were an interesting person to have this conversation with because you and I over the years have, have constantly debated that, you know, mm. is does the way you look matter and I think I just keep realizing that I think it does more than I would like to admit
0: (laughs) and therein lies your internal conflict
1: yeah and it is a real conflict and this is this is so let's let's dive into another comment that's made in the (laughs) article if that's okay and so conflicts are good right because conversations with yourself of what I'm learning is can be restorative and it can be other things. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, when I read this article out, I don't know if we'll include that in the final, um, but there's this sort of reference to um, Jodie Foster, Helen Mirren and Andy McDowell, which I've mentioned before. Now, grey hair, this article says, grey hair has become fashionable for younger people who sometimes dye their hair to achieve the look of women like Sarah Harris. So we've mentioned her before the deputy editor of British Vogue, who has long grey hair and found her first round of grey at 16. So that's 12 or so years before us. But while there is a trend for millennials and Gen Z, naturally grey hair on women over a certain age is different. And I think our conversation has just landed, you know, we've both Mm -hmm. said we feel that way too. Though men who go grey are seen as distinguished, grey hair on older women has been seen as unattractive, ageing and even a disadvantage in the job market. Mm. What do you think? (sighs) (laughs)
0: Such a big sigh. I know. I wish... I didn't want to agree, but I can see what they're saying. Mm. And and so I'm buying into the perceptions of of how society and culture choose to view women with grey hair. What I think is really interesting, though, you know, in, in the women that I have seen on Instagram that can have amazing grey
2: hair.
1: There's a bat in there.
0: There's still... Um, the ones that I'm drawn to, there's still a level of fashionability about
1: them. So... This is the next point the article makes. And I would expect that of you. I mean, that that is you are a deep person with very strong values and you're also someone who has traditionally spent a lot of time in the fashion industry. And so it would just make sense that part of the values of the fashion industry over time have rubbed, rubbed off on you because this article, which is not the main point I want to make in regard to what you just said, but it's saying that the red carpet is where a useful look is idolised, which is sort of, you know,
2: Mm, similar mm. to what
1: you're saying. So um, what's interesting in the final part of this article, and I've jumped over a little bit, we may come back to it, is that there's colorist Josh Wood, says post-lockdown, clients going for a naturally grey look split into two camps. And I think you and I are in these two separate camps. So let's see what you think. Some people want a completely different self-image and others want less maintenance. I think for the group that want less maintenance, it's not about going completely gray. It's about blending in the gray or using gray as a focus or an accent. Now I tried to go down that path relatively unsuccessfully, and that's probably this sort of blending, the second option. Mm. That's probably because I didn't have the right, I mean, I think this is, this is a specialty, right? I didn't have the mm. right colorist. Listen mm. to me. <laughs> I didn't have the right colorist, but he also says it's rare for anyone to grow out their hair. Listen to this. It's rare. I know I've just said that and I'm getting you to listen, but it's sort of, you know, for uh, this is so interesting. It's rare for anyone to grow out their hair to have a beautiful gray natural color. It generally takes a bit of tweaking. And so he says grey hair can be frizzier and look less polished. And then his final point, which I have to say almost peed me off, was I think there's a cultural change in the UK. It was less about the colour of the woman's hair. It was more she's let herself go. So that is what he's saying. But I think you can be, this is the bit that just pushed me over the edge, but I think you can be very glamorous and kind of high-maintenance looking with grey hair. That acceptance is a new thing. (laughs) What Mm. do you think of Mm. that?
0: There's so many things to pull apart in that. I know.
1: (laughs) I know. Oh. Glamorous (laughs) Chat glamorous reflection. <laughs> and
0: acceptance, all
1: in the same sentence. Say that again. I'm just wondering, what was that last line? I think there's a cultural change in the UK. It was less about the colour of the woman's hair. It was more she's let herself go. But I think you can be very glamorous and kind of high-maintenance looking with grey hair. That acceptance is a new thing. So by implication, he's saying... What used to happen, this is how I read that statement. What used to happen is, well, if you've chosen to grow hair, grey hair, you've no longer got that, let's call it red carpet what, runway look, right? It's you've gone down the path of gray hair, then you're you're choosing to let yourself go, you're not looking after yourself properly, you know, you're not presenting the image that the world wants to see of you from a fashion. Like this is a colorist, we're talking about, you know, globally recognized award-winning actresses, right? So we, we need to sort of take all that into into the sort of consideration of who they're commentating on and who the article is about. But I think what he's trying to say is I think you can be very glamorous and kind of high-maintenance, like you've still got to have the high-maintenance look, mm. but you can have it with grey hair. And I think that plays to the fact that we're seeing Andy McDowell, Helen Mirren, Jodie Foster. They also m- mentioned Sarah Jessica Parker. There's a number of other people they mentioned in the article that are kind of you know, women going gray in the world need these high-profile women to walk down the path before her before us, because then maybe people like me won't feel like it's such a huge decision to be brave because it's normalized, because people mm. see it more, because I don't think I see it enough. The number of 80-year-old women I see with blonde hair is ridiculous. And just anyone listening and do it yourself, Lou, look around post-lockdown. And consider how many 60, 70, 8-year-old women, women are looking like brunettes and blondes.
2: Yeah, I,
0: I can't say I've paid attention to it. You know, clearly on mass, I have. God mess, I haven't. But I think what's interesting though, it's as though he's saying that to be accepted this way the grey hair has to be high maintenance. There's plenty of people who are 20 and 30 who are also high maintenance with their hair. It doesn't mean that, you know, just because you are 20 and 30, you're not doing high maintenance with your hair because there's plenty of people that still are.
1: (laughs) I think you can be very glamorous and kind of high maintenance looking. See, I read that as you want to look like you're high maintenance. Mm. And that grey hair is a symbol that you're not.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I don't take it that way. Oh, that's so I, interesting. I just, what I'm hearing is that you, you're essentially, you, your grey hair is is the base to work from, but to make it um, look like we do see in some of those magazines and, and you know, um, models that do have grey hair, We've just both talked about how we like that beautiful white grey hair. Mm. There's something about
1: Mm. (laughs) a white grey hair that. But you don't like it on you because you feel it makes you look washed out. Yeah. Or I
0: have to wear stronger makeup. Yeah. To to make my features feel as though they're more defined rather than just all the same colour.
1: Because I've always thought I could just shave off, I would never shave my hair. I would just cut my hair really short and that would be the process of doing it. But that, even that, Mm. like I feel the same way about grey hair as I do about short hair. Mm. (laughs) So I would never do that. Mm. And I've always thought, well, that's a really easy resolution. You just cut your hair really short and let it grow out. Mm. And I have two of my Mm. ten people in my book club who have done that.
2: So one again, was short-haired already.
1: 10. Yeah, of 10. One was short-haired mm-hmm. already and mm-hmm. one was long-haired and just let it grow out. But, so, but to me, the short-haired one, it was easy because she was short-haired and the long-haired one, it was easier because she was blonde. So I was creating excuses in my head for why that couldn't be me.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: I definitely think seeing more women, um, whether they're red carpet or not, I think you know, Instagram really has made it more accessible and normalized it. Which is but I will say, yeah, that the the women that like I mentioned that I have seen on Instagram with grey hair, there's definitely an element of glamour to them. But it's not, not necessarily in their hair. Well, okay, their hair is styled and they have makeup on, and the makeup you know, it's really bright pop of lipstick. And even, I don't know, their skin colour. It's like there's a tan or something going on.
1: <laughs> so, is it about hair colour or is it about that we're seeing people with grey hair play by the rules of a model or an influencer? And so because that's where I feel the, the it gets a bit murky when you start to talk mm-hmm. about that, that the we are blurred. seeing them. And is that the point I'm missing? Because you and I have drawn a very different point. And because I don't operate in this world, it, mm. it, when I read this, I was sort of like, oh, do I even want to talk about it? Because it feels so superficial. And I thought, well, the fact that I do have this inner conflict around it and that I have these conversations with myself is exactly why I want to talk about it because we are influenced – more than ever, it shows how much I have allowed myself to be influenced by the external internally, you know, internal conversations that influence me. But how can you not be? I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, you're so wise, <laughs> but
0: it's, I, I don't, I don't see it as.
2: I don't see it as superficial. I I see it as a, it's definitely
0: a journey that I think a woman goes on. But I I know that's the point you're trying to make. A woman will go on this journey, but a man probably won't.
1: Yeah. And and probably won't
0: even think twice about
1: it. Yeah, but men go on different journeys. So men lose hair, they get the bald patch Mm. at the back. We've seen this increase. You know, I was thinking about that. So the equivalent to me is, you know, the guy that chooses to just shave his hair is the brave. That's the brave grey-haired equivalent woman that he's just chosen Mm. to have a ritual of shaving his hair, getting a tan, going to a salon, whatever he wants to do to kind of get that tanned look. He is my male equivalent of the female, you know, who decides to... Go grey. So apparently McDowell told the Drew Barrymore show in February that she had to let her roots grow out last year because she couldn't go to the hairdresser. She's now a fan of her silver fox look. Now, I love the fact. Now, I don't know if they were quoting her, but Mm. I love the fact that either uh, uh, McDowell or The Guardian, uh, I should be citing who wrote this, Lauren Cochran has referenced a silver fox look to the woman um, and Guardian columnist Sally Hughes also went grey over lockdown and wrote for Vogue that she had no regrets. So you mentioned seeing people on hashtag, hashtag sorry, seeing people on Instagram, a hashtag on Instagram, grey hair don't care, which you also mentioned. Now, were you aware of that before you read this article? I think I was. Interesting. Yeah. And did you or do you follow? Any. Women with
0: grey hair? Yes. Um, I most certainly do.
1: Yeah, so do I. I yep. have, I'd have to go back and check which ones. I haven't spent a lot of time on Instagram mm. recently. So a hashtag on Instagram, grey hair don't care, has been used nearly 430,000 times and there are now natural grey hair influences, <laughs> including, now I know I'm not saying this uh, name right, so please correct me, Jin, Cruz, C-R-U-C-E.
2: Mm. No, and her account, someone really can correct not.
1: me, and her account, her, Aging with Style Greys, and Sandrine P, who runs Grey So What. Speaking to The Cut earlier this year, Cruz said she started letting her grey hair come through with the arrival of her first grandchild. Now, I went, ooh! <laughs> When I read that, she started her account to inspire and support women on their grey hair journey, and to inspire women to embrace aging. So as soon as I read that, I just again have inner conflict kicks in. I'm out. <laughs> like yeah, if I was thinking at the start of, the word of this, aging. If I was thinking at the start of this article that I might do this, when the point at which she mentions having her first grandchild, I'm just like, <laughs> no. And so why are we not? I don't know, that's the conflict aging for me. Aging gracefully. But, what, but why is aging not the most exciting, exhilarating thought? I mean, for me it is. There's so much about getting older that I'm loving. And yet, like the internal stuff, I'd have to say, is the absolute highlight. It's what's led me to you. It's what's led me to deeper conversations. It's what's, you know, fundamentally changed the way I view the world. Big call but it has. Like just that older kind of not caring hmm. about, you know, just doing things my way on my terms. But am I? Because <laughs> I still dye my hair every six weeks when I can.
0: So what's wrong with letting yourself come to it in, in, your own, in its own time?
1: Well, that's where I'm at. There's nothing and that's what I'm doing.
0: I get, like, I get it from the point of view of the maintenance where you know the colourist is talking about falling into the two camps and the maintenance of it is frustrating and boring and
1: um, do you mean the maintenance of keeping your hair from going grey or from like covering grey? Yeah Yeah, I agree. And also the toxins, right? There's gotta be a factor in there around the price. Yeah. Um time. Yep. Having to sit there.
0: Too long, yeah.
1: There's My hairdresser that. has Wi-Fi. <laughs> she knows where to put me in the cell and I work while I...
0: <laughs> well, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's that time to catch up on things. Mm.
1: I feel like you're going to have more to say on this when you process, which is a beautiful part of the way we're going to do things. How I work. <laughs> yeah, It's a beautiful part of how you work. Yeah. And this conversation has been interesting from that point of view. And I did have a bit more time to think about it, but only because I, it was my article choice and it was my topic choice. Yeah. Because I thought it was one that was quite relevant given that we're in lockdown, we've both got, I mean, I almost wanted to measure it in advance of this and I might, <laughs> I was going to go, I re, if I reckon I was to measure this, I'd be in, you know, what's two and a half centimetres, one inch. I'd be, you know, yep. heading towards that. Yeah. in the sort of colour that's coming through, yeah. not coming through. <laughs> and I've even given it names, like, oh, this is my glitter, this is my wisdom, you know, coming through. This is my, I've played little games with myself like this to sort of describe it. This time around I've deliberately not used the crayon, oh, so yeah. I'm not covering yeah. it and I'm mm-hmm. testing other people's around me reaction to it just to see...
0: I love the idea. Yeah. I looked at those, Yeah. I just have not covered it at all. Freshly washed, and there's someone call it a runway.
1: (laughs) It's a runway down your head. Yeah. Or a GT Mm. stripe, depending on what sort of car Mm.
0: you're into. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think I've been known to call it that. But Mm. I think also, um, what's going to say about that? I don't know. Just, just letting
0: I, it be. Yeah, letting it, it be.
1: Oh, Sally Mann. So I, I go back to sort of looking at Sally Mann and thinking, that's exactly what my hair would look like if it mm-hmm. were if I let it grow. And so that was exciting. But just that period between letting it grow out and getting to that is the bit that <laughs> I just you can't know what? Fathom. At least the, in a way
0: you you've got a sense of how how it could look mm. we look at ourselves in the mirror all the time it's it's pretty normal and natural to to be confronted if if we start looking different to how we've habitually seen ourselves for more than 40 years
1: yeah and I think that's the brunette thing it's like, I love being a brunette it's yeah it's just a big so part of I. who I am mm it's probably a good place to end then thanks for listening to today's episode you're tuning in to the inner curious a conversation between karen hollenbach that's me and louise weigel about the thoughts we have out loud that inform who we are and how we navigate the being and the doing. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, tell your friends and share this with someone who you think needs to listen to this right now.